Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Clive Anderson. Welcome to the best of My Seven Wonders Live. In each episode of this podcast, I get to talk to a special guest about his or her choice of the seven wonders of their world. Well, many of these we've recorded either face-to-face in a small studio or laptop-to-laptop online. But at last year's Edinburgh Festival Fringe, we recorded a bunch of seven wonders in front of a live audience, which added a new dimension to the whole experience. On this particular compilation episode, we're looking back at some of the best wonders from these Edinburgh live shows. Each guest list of seven can range from the most mundane items, such as tuna and rice, chosen by Larry Dean, to musical heroes such as Fleetwood Mac, as chosen by the first guest on today's episode, Tiff Stevenson. I'll sit you down. I know it's your sudden, uh, or your proper stand-up comedian. You want your microphone in your hand. I do. And I also saw a clock on the table, and I was like, oh, my God, I immediately feel pressure. <laughs> you, you don't <laughs> have to feel pressure. I have to get the microphone the time. And if I don't do it right, then people start rushing out to go and see their, the other shows that they're going to go to, assuming they are. Okay, well, let's, let's get on with your, your seven wonders. And we're kind of in that world, because uh, your first wonder is Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, also, you know, the the title of your podcast is one of their songs, yes. and it's the alarm clock that wakes me up in the morning. Um, so when I set my alarm, I I hear Stevie yeah. uh, singing Seven Wonders. I, I wondered if we should have had that music played in at the beginning or the end. But I thought it's a bit obvious to, uh, but now I'm slightly regretting. Oh no, I'm slightly <laughs> it's regretting something it now. obvious. <laughs> no, 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 it's obvious as a sort of theme yeah, tune. But yes. no, I mean you're entitled to have Fleetwood Mac. And they are, I'm sure people, almost everyone's familiar with them, but they are they have lived a rock star life as yes. a band and individually <laughs> to the nth degree. If you think of anything that rock stars have ever done, they've done it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's like this iconic example of the special relationship because it's Americans and Brits together combined, all the best and worst parts of yes. that. Um, and I think for me, I mean, I used to, used to do a bit in my stand-up actually when you're saying about rock and roll lifestyle i used to do a bit about stevie nicks like how heroic it was that she would just do all of that because it can mess with your your you know there yeah. were i was to say there were rumors of certain <laughs> substances there you go i can get away with that no um, you can get away with, with beyond that i've i've, I've interviewed uh, mick fleetwood and uh, so i looked up my notes for that and i can't say if it's between them or just him but he estimated 65 million 
dollars worth of cocaine wow. they had used. But wow. I'd say it might have been between them. It might have been just him. It might have been just that week. I don't know. But, uh, sorry, 60 million. I've added five. 60 million. Have, yeah. It might have been after that disastrous Brit Awards with Samantha Fox. Yes. Um, I remember that. But, you know, only a, a man and a woman can only hope for that level of rapport when they host something together. Um, well, he, he's about seven foot tall and she's about five foot tall. So even on that level, they couldn't even get the camera shot to have them both in it, could they? Um, no, no. And I mean, that whole period in time where they were all sort of sleeping with each other, sleeping with other people. Um, what, what, two, two things struck me. So one was the Stevie, because it d did affect her voice. I used to do a thing on stage where I'd do Stevie Nicks turning into Cartman because she'd start beautifully yeah. and then eventually get really nasal. Um, can but you do so, that without having uh, musical do, accompaniment? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you want a blast? Yes, I'm saying. Do a blast? Yeah. All right, okay. Uh, Stevie Nicks, Cartman. All right, um, now here you go again, you say you want your freedom, but who am I to bring you down? It's only right that you should <laughs> have you any dreams you'd like to share? Dreams like a <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> I, let's see if I can get you to do an impersonation with each wonder. <laughs> but um, one of the central things about that, I think, is um, is the fact that Stevie and um, Christine had this amazing relationship. Yeah. That could have been like um, I think that there's a she joined the band and then she's like ten years younger and is immediately put up as the front woman yes. and I think a lesser or a, a more insecure musician and writer yeah. um, would have like found that threatening but but I read lots of interviews with them and they said actually they like when it was just one woman in the band you had no voice and then all of a sudden there was two of us and we could actually yeah. make changes and yes. and push things forward so I think for, from that point of view I think that that it was a really a great example of like female solidarity in like one of the biggest yeah. uh, rock groups in the world well it's, a, it's an extraordinary history all around because the, the band was started as a blues band by peter green yes and then because he was going through a bad patch he kind of bequeathed it to fleetwood and mac you know uh, mcvee so they got the name so the drummer and the bassist has that have then been in charge from then on they've recruited and then married you know, girls that have come in women who come in and then rumours the album is brilliant because instead of them writing songs about being rock stars and having too much money, they're writing songs about sleeping with each other, falling <laughs> yeah. out, having an argument. And it's a brilliant album. It's rotten, you know, one voice is singing about the, seeing the words written by the, the writer who's fallen out with, with the singer. Yes. I mean, it's quite, it's quite yes. unbelievable. Uh, John, John's got to play a song about Christine yeah. falling in love with a You Make Loving Fun. And yeah. it's not about him. Yeah. <laughs> it's about the lighting director. <laughs> so uh, I love that. I love yeah. it. And then, of course, there was Stevie was had an affair with Mick at one point. Yeah. And also just the skill. Like Lindsay Buckingham, like for me, is like one of the best guitar players in existence. Um, so I just, I mean, that well, he's not in the band anymore. He's been in and out. Hasn't he's he? been in and out. And yeah. Neil Finn, I think, from um, the Crowdies, who I absolutely love, Crowded House, it has been All in right. sort of doing some shows. But Lindsay Buckingham, for me, is you know, I just don't know if it's the same without Lindsay being there. So, 
Well, they brought Lindsay in, but he brought Stevie in. Am I getting the right uh, combination? Yes, they, yes yeah. that's right. They were um, a couple at that stage. They were a couple, and they were at uh, Buckingham Knicks, I think it was called there. Yeah. Um, and they were, yeah, they were musically a couple and together as a couple. And then I think Mick was maybe at studios and mm. heard Lindsay and was like, we're looking for someone else. And uh, he sort of said, well, we're in a band together. So, you you know, you, you, take, you take both of us or, or none of us. And then Fleetwood Mac was in that version. That iteration is, was born, and yeah. So which 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 period of Fleetwood Mac do you go for? Because they had the early blues, then they had a huge hit with Albatross, which is like nothing else. Yes. And then and then they've got all you know the rumors, and then subsequent albums, which are. I am. I'm sort of about rumors, and I'm sort of about the '80s. I'm kind of like I, I I was obsessed with this sort of Stevie. I think a lot of the things in my career has just basically been me trying to be Stevie Nicks in some version <laughs> or another. But you know the big hair yeah. '80s, the gypsy fairy. I'm yeah. a you know. Yeah. Which <laughs> vibe? So, would you have liked to have been in a band like that? Because it's. Um, I think I would have. Yeah. Definitely. And my ego would say I'd want to be the lead singer. <laughs> yeah. So, would you have welcomed in another female singer to to balance it out? Or. Uh, uh, well, I would. I would. I would welcome in someone whose talents were different to my own. Yeah. And I think that's what what Christine recognised that Stevie just brought something very very different from. She has much more of an earthiness. You know, she's on yeah. keys. She's a songwriter. And and be- uh, and the, the blending of the voices, their their voices blended yeah. so well, yeah. so beautifully together. And sometimes, you know, it's just about finding the right people to make a bit yeah. of magic happen. And so for me, when I hear those songs and songs like Landslide, as I've got older, yeah. like when I hear songs like that and, and actually watching that played live and watching Stevie and Lindsay, like yeah. kind of communicating with each other on stage. It's, it's really, really magical and beautiful and quite well, like emotional. Well, this is a very, very good choice, I may say so. But I can't help being reminded that in, in his book, he's, there are times when they're, they're going to, to gigs, concerts in 14 separate stretch limos <laughs> uh, uh, because they're not talking to each other yeah. except on stage and they all have to have a limo he's he's ma- they've made fortunes of money though uh, mick fleetwood has been bankrupt twice uh, in the course of all this uh, it's uh, it, it, rock star lifestyles are just fantastic to observe from the outside they do that for us to be entertaining they play the music and they have these ludicrous lifestyles but maybe you have this lifestyle as well I've oh got, yeah i mean i've yeah. definitely i've yeah. used 15 independent limos at this festival <laughs> so Um, No, I kind of, I like, I feel like it's all part of the journey in the art and that's rock and roll. You've got to have, you look at the Eagles or, you know, like Mm. you you want to kind of see these grand, big, you don't want everyone to get along all the time because sometimes when the fights, the passion comes out of that and they create brilliant things out of it. So there has to be a push and pull. If they all agreed with each other, they probably wouldn't be making music as amazing as it is. You know, I've known Stevie again since I was about 16. Um, you would think after all these years, there would be nothing left to work on. But oddly enough, Stevie's in my relationship is still a work in progress. And I guess that says something, doesn't it, about uh, the care, about possibly the parallel motives that have driven us down the roads that we've been on. And, um, and I have uh, nothing but respect and, and love for Stevie. And I hope she feels that way about me as well. Good ones here. Some I'm going to go, oh, yeah, I agree with that. But the first one, I'm surprised, I think, to see the first wonder of the world, all the possibilities of the wonders of the world, and it's tuna and rice. (laughs) 
Now, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to just make full admission, I, that isn't even something I would ever order in a Pret-a-Manger or pick up in a pret I would never pick that. But you've picked it from everything in the world bar the other six wonders. So explain yourself. It means a lot to me. Don't shit on my dreams. <laughs> um, well, but I think before we do any wonders, I should clarify yeah. that I text this at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I was feeling a bit weird. I blame the moon. Yes. Um, well, it's, but it's not crazy. It's not crazy. It's well, just sort of, hmm, why? Tuna and Earth. There's some slightly more sort of wondrous things coming. But tuna, anyway, tuna and rice. You like well, tuna, you like rice, obviously. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. It's, uh, <laughs> it's delicious. It's so easy to make. It's literally a two-minute job yes. to make tuna and rice. But... I think you've only got tuna rice when you made it, though, haven't you? Yeah, well, really, I get this kind of bizarre feeling whenever I have tuna rice, though, because, uh, so, I usually, when I have a meal that I know how to make, I usually just make it for, like, months, um, and I do not change what I'm eating. Oh, I see you. You keep coming back to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But now, whenever I have tuna rice, it makes me feel so happy, because uh, it's, basically, my pal was in jail uh, for for murder. um, Oh, Wow, this has gone from. Do you not setting up straight? What, yeah. what, what do you think when you have tuna and rice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when, um, but so I was on the phone. What to was him your father's? Was, I used to be a criminal barrister. Was he? Did I fail to get him? Oh, being, was it in Scotland? I didn't practice. Uh, yeah, it was Scotland. It was, oh, right. co- was culpable homicide. All oh, right, um, so oh, it's okay. kind of like a, for, a former oh, murder. Yeah, um, I don't know, former murder. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a slightly lesser charge, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Um, um, good lawyers and um, <laughs> anyway sorry your father was in jail for no some... not my, fa- my friend did I say no your friend, friend. Did... which one did I say did you say fa- no, you say okay, oh you yeah, I'm so sorry oh, I'm so sorry <laughs> yeah but actually, Dad, daddy yeah. god I'm getting into trouble there but either this either way been, I'm should... not sure I'm not sure which is a, a more startling thing to say. Oh my God! Oh, yeah, this be, I mean, that's going to be the best show of the Fringe. They are. Turns yeah. out your dad is in jail for yeah. murder, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I just, you know, I just a flashback to my earlier job. I've perfectly happily talking to people's, uh, you know, with parents and themselves have been in jail for this and that. Anyway, so your friend. Okay, <laughs> let's correct that. Yeah, your friend. Is your is your father uh, somebody who's likely to sue on the bay? If we put. <laughs> If, if we put this out as a podcast, and is it, well, some oh, some people may have switched off before it got corrected. <laughs> I cannot walk down my street without people pointing at me saying, murderer, murderer. Oh. Anyway, uh, so you your should, friend. You or, should be fine, man. He, my dad's just a pedophile. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no well, I've never met any of them around the BBC. I can... T- <laughs> <laughs> Not that we knew at the time. That's the main... So your friend, your friend... Um, I think I'm tempted to say don't name him just in case uh, this goes wrong. I misunderstand something else. <laughs> no, I so, won't, man. It's yeah. all good. Um, so your friend was in jail for murder. He's in jail for murder, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was eating... I was gonna say, yeah, he was in jail for murder. I'm eating my tuna and rice. Um, yeah. But I was on the phone to him and, uh, and he was saying about... He's like, got a phone in his jail? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's suffering up up here. Oh, it was like one of the last years of his sentence. Yes. And, uh, so he was like in an open prison. And then he said... Uh, He's like, oh man, I was so glad to be out of that shithole I was in before. Mm. I was like, oh, how bad was he? He's like, oh my God, the food was disgusting. Mm. And I was like, all right, what do you have? And he goes, man, tuna and rice every yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and so I'm like literally looking at my tuna and rice. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't believe I'm living like a prisoner. Yeah. Um, but the thing was, I was like, 
uh, before before he got done for murder, uh, I got murder. Um, <laughs> no, no, stick with the murder is better. Isn't it? <laughs> and uh, before he did, though, like me and him were like we're mates in school and stuff. And I, the reason why I started comedy was because. Uh, well, the weird reason was basically I moved from uh, Glasgow to Southampton when I went to uni uh, because it was the only place that would have me because there was not enough people to do the course. Um, <laughs> so they needed some money. But basically, I was committing crimes, nothing like homicide or anything oh, like good. that. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, or what my dad said. I said my dad. Yeah. Like, nothing like that. I was stealing money uh, with my pals. And uh, if anyone's listening, this is all made up. Yeah. <laughs> But we were stealing money, and uh, they all got caught, and I didn't. All right. Um, so that's why I pissed off down to Southampton. Yeah. And Did they suspect you of being, I don't know what you call it in Glasgow, like a snitch or, or a, you know, uh, grass uh, that uh, you were, uh, you were an undercover police officer? Or no, no, yeah. didn't actually, man. Because luckily, I think the, the, um, what's it called? I kind of weirdly was like upfront about the thing, not, not to, because some of them yeah. got caught for that, some of them got caught for other things, and then it was yeah. like, oh well. I don't, I don't think we're going to get done for it now. Um, although it'd be good PR if I did, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but then uh, when I moved away and uh, and all that, I was like, okay, cool. I'm not... Because it's weirdly, it's so stressful committing crimes. Mm. Like, I don't think we give them enough credit. Yeah. I think we should clap them every Tuesday or something. But it's like... <laughs> Criminals are under a yeah. lot of stress because you're always thinking you're going to get found out. Yeah. And so when I moved down to Southampton, I was like, right, I'm no longer going to do that because I don't want to go to jail. I no. don't want to let all these people down and stuff. So I've not like stolen anything since. Although actually, after some Edinburgh shows, I do feel like I'm stealing money from audience members. But yeah. <laughs> but then, uh, but weirdly, so whenever I have tuna and rice and, and talking to my pal on the phone, I do yeah. weirdly think I'm like, oh, I could have actually been made to eat that every day if yeah. I hadn't changed my life. What? It's a weird sense. And I know, it's, it like, is a bit, but it's lucky that phone call, that conversation is lucky because you, know, you say he was in his last year of his sentence. If lucky he mentioned it because he, you might have met him at the prison door or something, or he came round afterwards. He, oh, come in, whatever your name is. I've, I've got some lunch all organised. It's my favourite. It's tuna and rice, and he'd have done another murder because. <laughs> I, I think we better move on to the next wonder because uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm frightened where all these wonders are going to take us. They all look quite, uh, you know, not too dangerous, but that's, we've already got to a murder uh, just with the tuna and rice. The least pleasant fish, I think. I love fish. I don't know. I've, I, they always, whenever I've ha accidentally had some, like in a sandwich or something, it always just, I think, this has been here too long. This has been, whereas, you know, salmon or smoked salmon or something like that, or, or a fish and chips, you know, you know, uh, that always tastes sort of healthy to me. Oh, no. <laughs> Which it obviously isn't necessarily. Yeah, yeah, fish and chips, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll, they, well, <laughs> to be fair, my favourite, if you get fish and chips in Edinburgh, it's usually the same as like in places like Inverness. There's something so beautiful about seeing Americans yeah. feeling as if they're having like authentic Scottish yeah. cuisine. <laughs> And they have that big shiny American smell, being like, "Hey, can I have a haddock and chips?" <laughs> and they, <laughs> and the fucking, the what's it yeah. called? The guy behind the counter, yeah. be like, "You want a brew with that?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's totally two worlds colliding. Yes, I love it. Yeah. 
Right. Well, I just say fish and chips because in, in you know down south it's always cod, and there's a dividing line somewhere halfway up England where it becomes haddock. So there's no point in uh, uh, you know just go with the flow because that's what they want to give. Have you, you never had a, like, a bone or something and then like that? Because that usually freaks me out about having fish and chips because I find bones and that and stuff. No, no, we're not really getting on here. I don't like tuna. You don't like fish and chips. It's yeah, uh, you, you, yeah. you know, do you like murderers? Yeah. <laughs> well, when I was a criminal barrister, I was very happy to get a murderer as a as a client because that's a bit more interesting case than most. So, you we so criminal barrister that's the defence. So, was uh, well, uh, as it happens, I did both. Not usually in the same case, but I would. Uh, uh, <laughs> that, that was a big bonus. Because <laughs> um, my ex was a lawyer, and I right. didn't know like how because obviously we watch it on TV and stuff I yeah. didn't know how different it was in the UK of like the fact that they don't you always say like your honour they always say my lord yeah well it's impossible for me or anybody like me to watch a, a crime drama on the television because they get all that stuff wrong oh, yeah. um, and sometimes it doesn't matter but uh Oh, sorry, this is just a, a rant of mine. There was a big series on uh, a few years ago. I can't remember what it's called now, but it was some seaside place. And the second series, they said, oh, the, some, there was a crime. And uh, the victims of the crime said, we want to get uh, this, this woman to, be, to, to prosecute the case, get her out of retirement. And, and, the, and the whole plot was built around this. What victim gets the right to choose the prosecuting counsel in a court case? If you think that, you, I mean, what, we can't really trust your opinions. Or, or, anyway, never mind. That's just a right. But anyway, <laughs> you know, I'm sure you're, everyone agrees. If, if there's a world you know about and you see it televised or in a film or even in a book, you think, oh, that's not right. Well, well I know obviously a bit of, you know, for dramatic license is not too bad. But uh, if the plot is built around some completely misunderstanding oh no I get the same thing with comedy man yeah. like you probably all know uh, whose line is it anyway was yeah. completely scripted like, <laughs> <laughs> if only I had something written down here to say back I'd, uh... <laughs> let's make crispy rice tuna so I'll take some of this tuna that I recently broke down and chop it up into small cubes. For our sushi rice, we'll go two cups water, two cups rice. In a small bowl combined. But music is your is a, is, mm. is your wonder. Now, yeah. why, is that because you uh, an expert on music, a fan of music, play music, or you're in awe of music? Uh, I've heard it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, for me, music, and it comes down to what I was saying before. If you know anyone. Who's, who's with dementia, there's a brilliant uh, YouTube clip, uh, and I think it's a woman in Southern uh, Europe somewhere, I don't know, Spain or Italy, but she's got two sons and she can't recognize them. Mm. Uh, and and they've obviously the family filmed this clip to show the importance of music. And they, they, they play some music and she sits in front of the piano and she can barely know, but then she plays it note for note. Yeah. And 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 to me, that's that's an illustration of how important music is yeah. to human beings. It's it's like the last yeah. bit in in your soul Still that there. dies. Yeah. And I think it's uh, having it in your life. Yeah. And the absence of it would be unthinkable to me. I think people do that in like memory clubs. People yeah. can't you know, really communicate. But you start up an old song, old song and everybody and can join in, yeah. assuming they could sing it in the first place. Yeah, like and it's it's just that it's that little bit about music. I think it just enriches us on, on yeah. so many levels. Yeah. But do do you do uh, do you play an instrument or anything like that? No, I bought a piano. Yes. Because I got a few quid. Yeah. Uh, but And I started playing it a little bit and I stopped because I've started doing something else instead that I need me time for. Okay. 
Do I need to ask what the other thing is that you're doing your time for? Um, uh, I'm learning sign language. Oh, right. So I'm learning yeah. British sign language. And do you want to explain why you're doing that? What's the... Um, I'm, I'm making, yeah. Yeah, 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 all right. Yeah. Then I'm making a documentary, which we're, we're going to finish next week, actually, because my, my oldest son's deaf, hmm. but he's never really accepted it. So he gets by with hearing aids. Yeah. And at some point he might lose it. And so we, we've decided to try and learn sign language yeah. so we can talk. Uh, if, if although to be fair, he's, he lost his hearing when he was fifteen. Yeah. So he'd already stopped talking to me anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he'll want to talk to you later. So yeah. that's all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, so that's the journey of yeah. it. And the, the documentary is that I'm learning sign language good enough to do a gig to an entirely deaf audience. Yes. Uh, which I'm going to do next week in Bedford. All right. Uh, so, so, so I mean, we went well. Not many people here are going to understand it, I suppose. But, but how would you sort of start telling a joke with your hands and with the sign language? I would have started telling. Yeah, how, a joke. I mean, can, do you have to deliver it in a in a particular way, or is it? Uh... Um, no, okay. I'll just yeah. let me just think of something. So, uh, so during the lockdown, during the lockdown, we adopted the dog. Yeah. Uh, a French. That's the that's the sign. That's the sign, by the way, for French. <laughs> oh, you know what? You think that's bad. That's the sign for Scotland. <laughs> that's true. And it that's, could be worse. That's the sign for Germany. <laughs> Honestly, God. Yeah. yeah, it's true. And again, that could be worse. So. That could be worse. Yeah, it's yeah. not far off, so, so, so we adopted. What a lovely sign that is. That's adoption. Yes. We, 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 we. We adopted a uh, French bulldog. No. <laughs> it's true. It's good. It's good. Yeah. So, so I'll do, I'll do it. I'll come back to you, So, so we adopted a um, a French bulldog, um, but it's got no tail. <laughs> I've never had a dog. I've never had a dog with no tail. Yeah. I can't understand it. Because I look at it, yeah. I don't know what mood it's in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like having another wife. <laughs> what, what, I, what I like about that, John, it, it, we, can, we can hear you, we can follow you, we can see you. It's brilliant here for the people in the room. But we are recording a podcast, so that's, <laughs> that's five minutes of... <laughs> That's five minutes of dead time on the podcast, but bear, bear with us, everybody, if you're listening to this. I know, uh, the yeah. bad thing is yeah. they won't know we're both naked, either. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and some of the signs you were using were... <laughs> <laughs> I needed three hands. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
Jokes, jokes. Jokes. That's my wonder. Uh, yes. Jokes. Uh, because in a lot of ways, it was uh, my introduction to comedy. When I did my first gig, mm. I was totally naive what stand-up was. And a girl brought me in, and I thought, this is about just being in good form. I'll tell you a couple of jokes. And I know a lot of jokes. So... Uh, I started telling a joke and people started laughing at the fact that I was telling a joke mm. at a comedy club and I assumed that they had heard the joke and I was like, oh, you know that one? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right, forget that. And I started another yeah. joke and then they thought that was funny and I oh, no, you know that one too. And then it became a bit like people thought oh, I'm actually doing a whole bit about not actually telling a joke. <laughs> yeah. And I was genuinely like going, no, yeah. no, you know, don't tell me you know that one. Does anyone? I was going, does anybody not know this one? And everyone's laughing. Like, I go, I genuinely thought they knew it. Yeah. And uh, and then I, uh, it's good to hear people coughing again. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, yes. Yeah. Simple things you yeah, missed, I, didn't uh, it? <laughs> well, welcome to our super spreader event. It's. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I was. Uh, so I just. Love jokes, but I did. But when I met stand-ups, and they wouldn't know jokes, or or yeah. they, 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 they would, you know, they didn't really like the concept of telling jokes. And I really like there's certain jokes that I thought were, you know, like I made a film. I went to Cannes, and uh, people would say to me, "Oh, like, I would say, what your film? What's your film about?" And they would go to this, and I go, "Well, I, I've, I've got a joke that you know it's a lot shorter than that, and it's a lot more complicated than that, than you know, like a whole film." would be, you know, wouldn't touch on what a joke. Some jokes just, you go, oh, oh. Mm. And then from that, um, during the pandemic, I did, I was in the most locked down city in the world, which was Melbourne. Mm. And uh, we had a curfew and, uh, you know, you couldn't, couldn't leave the house. Uh, so once a day I'd tell a joke and, uh, and it, I posted it online at a certain time. <laughs> and they were watched, like, you know, it was like a couple of million hits on every, every one of them. Mm. And uh, and it, it furthered my career eventually. Um, I had a really good pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's what do you what do you think of? What, what, give us an example of a joke that you. I um, yeah. well, I did a list. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I did a list, and as far as this is what they wear, like yeah. So I did a joke. You've a done day. a lot of preparation for yeah, this podcast. You, you just you know. didn't. <laughs> but I didn't get anything sent to me on it. <laughs> So I, I I just did a joke a day and I've got yeah. the days numbered. So you can anybody can shout out a number one and ten and I'll tell that joke for you. Eight. Oh. Yeah. Eight, eight. Oh, I. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A guy breaks out of a hospital, uh, runs down the street with a white apron on, you know, yeah. ass crack showing, drip running out yeah. his arm. Nurse doctor, come back here, and he's down a street, down another side street, slips down a side into a pub, yeah. shakes him, he's up the bar and he goes double whiskey straight. And uh, he knocks it back in one go, and he says to the barman, and he goes, oh, I shouldn't be having that with what I've got. And the barman says, what's that? And he goes, 50p. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well done, the so guy who said, say, so, well, the guy who said eight. Yeah, yeah, number nine. Yeah. No. Yeah. Number ten. Um, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyway, they've got to be short. Guy, guy sister, no, number 10. Guy sister, I could lose everyone right here. Uh, guy sister's friend, what kind of ringtone have you got? And he goes, I haven't looked, but I think it's a brownie pink. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Those short ones. That's yeah. the, that's if a there short was one. Any, anyone that was less yeah. than 30 seconds, people really clicked yeah. on. And there were certain jokes you could try. And like, and people just looked like it was a highlight of the day, especially during lockdown. Mm. But uh, yeah, um, drunk guy, there's number five yeah. if you're interested. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> drunk guy goes into the library and he goes, fish and chips, please. Mm. Librarian goes, this is the library. He goes, sorry. Can I have some fish? <laughs> this is giving me a, a flashback. Yeah. Uh, can, uh, can, uh, I remember if, that day. Yeah. yeah now, if, if you, can I mention Frank Carson? You know Frank Carson? Oh, from your yeah, yeah. I, I once did a... This is not really a podcast on my stories but but uh, i was asked to do a uh, like a charity big charity dinner with lots of things going and they said because frank carson normally does the job he's been doing it for years but uh-huh. he's not well he's had a heart attack or something so he you know he can't do it could you replace him and i thought mm, i'm not sure i'm the ex- most obvious replacement for frank carson but but fair enough so i went and then we got close to it they said well um we think frank is actually uh, well enough to come, he can't do he can't do his you know thing. But he'll he'll come and he'll be sitting at your table. Oh, okay, because I'd interviewed him before. So as you know, Frank Carson. If you remember Frank Carson, he just does nothing but tell yeah, yeah, jokes. Yeah. To you, I don't know how he the ever hears. He, but he never he never he never hears it. I don't know how he can hear a joke because no, he never does anything except swear. So uh, then he came, and then uh, then when we got towards my slot, somebody said, "Well, Frank said he he would just go up and do a little bit before you." <laughs> So I so said, Frank Carson's going to do some stuff. And then I've got to go up. I said, yeah, OK. Uh, so up he went. And he was getting requests for joke. You know how a singer might go? So instead of he would do a couple of do that joke you did last year about the, 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 the Irishman joining the army. And, and he did request jokes for, for about 35 minutes into my 10-minute slot. And then, oh, oh, you know, Clive. And I was, you know, it was all right. I, mean, I, I survived, but it was, yeah, a, yeah. It was a, a hideous moment. Like a- there's a joke about that, which is that was one of the jokes. Uh, oh. It's on the thing. It's literally about yeah. not Frank Carson, but a guy in prison, and on his first night, he hears them shouting out numbers, oh, yeah. fifty-six, yeah. and well, they go, you go, we got sick of telling jokes, hmm. uh, so we just numbered them, hmm. uh, <laughs> and then they're shouting out numbers and laughing, someone else, yeah. and he 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 joins in number four, and they all. Uh, <laughs> 222 and they all start really laughing and he goes what's 222 he goes that's a cracker they hadn't heard that one before oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was on uh, well, I thought it was he, the, the guy joins in and shouts out a number and he gets nothing and he says, yeah. well, I don't know. Well, it's where you tell him <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the other variation of it yeah. but yeah. I think uh, with alternative comedy, there was a little bit of a highbrow thing. Uh, like they were associated with a generation of comics yeah. that probably weren't as. Uh, but there's such a great little format mm. thing, and they're so punchy and so you know, like yeah. to the point. I think you still need to have jokes. Oh, totally, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, and like, and and it was interesting. Like I can't remember jokes, but if someone tells me a joke halfway, like, I will, I'll turn into Frank Carson. Oh, mm. yeah, Frank Carson. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing it. You know, you, it reminds you of a joke and then you're off. But when I had to sit down mm. and actually go right every day, try and think of a joke, yeah. and I got to like a hundred and something that yeah. were all tellable. Yeah. And then they moved into the really good jokes that you can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but were these jokes you were making up or you were remembering? No, no, these, were told you, these, these are These jo- have a sort of... Yeah. ring to them these jokes no, you know, these yes, are jokes yes. I don't know anyway. who thinks these jokes yeah. 
I have never, because I have tried to write one of these jokes, and they're awful. Like, I've never even come close to the complexity, and you know, and it, uh, they're too the word perfect. Yeah. And you go, that is such a good, and it, no one seems to know who wrote them. Where, yeah. where are they coming from? And they're just, they're just out there. They're free for all of us just to to use. And it's really like they're really nice things to. Uh, to remember, yeah. and like my father would tell me jokes, and they would like involve horses and carts. Yes, and you'd go, oh, "That's a different generation." Like, yeah. the guy goes up the house and the horse, <laughs> yes. and you go, "Oh, yeah, that was you heard that as a kid." So, that... yeah. as early as the late 14th century, or indeed as late as the early 14th century, the earliest forms of jape were divisible into the two categories into which I now intend to divide them. The earliest manifestation of the basic simple precipitation jest incurred, as will be seen from the demonstration, a disproportionate amount of internal risibility on the part of the operator. Uh, so the next thing is Magic Mike oh. XXL. Double XL. Magic XXL. Mike Double XL. Okay. All right. Sorry. Has any you? I don't want to suggest that we can tell things by people just by looking. Am I correct in assuming you have not seen Magic Mike Double XL? I have not seen it. It's a movie. I know it's a movie. You know. And that. if if you were compiling, if anybody in this room was compiling the list of their top movies of all time, yeah. And and we're doing wonders of the world here, but the top. I don't think there's anybody in the room apart from yourself. Yeah, I think would that's have put, right. Would have put the original film M- Magic Mike on their best film of all time, let alone a fairly shabby sequel, as I, as I understand it. That's I, where you're yeah, wrong. Exactly. But, I want to hear why, okay. of all the movies in the world, and it, and of all the, the gin bars, and, and you've gone into this movie. Magic Mike Double XL. It's, for me, the, it's not my favourite film, but it, to me it's the most wondrous. Okay. Also, we, this is one of the ones we can... I'm not going to go monosyllabic with you on this one, but I'll no. keep it brief because I don't feel it's going to land well in the room. Let's well, see tell, how we do. Tell us what the film is okay, about. Okay, so am I correct in assuming... Is that, did anyone in here see the Soderbergh film, Magic Mike? Yeah, okay. there's six people in the that's room. That's fine, we, that's we, fine. And now you're going to lose them with the sequel. But that's but, fine. But, yeah. Did you? Did anyone in here see Magic Mike Double XL? Not a person in here. No. Okay, so that's fine. What does I will, that tell us about the movie, though? <laughs> this is what's interesting to me yes, about it. Okay. So I went, you said that you'd seen Magic Mike, yeah? And did you enjoy it? Parts of it. Parts this of is it. what was interesting. So Magic <laughs> Which Mike. Which is the question that suggests itself to but me. Th- this but, is yeah. the whole thing. This is the whole thing. Is that Magic Mike was done by Steven Soderbergh, this like very serious filmmaker. Yeah. And so it was about like male stripping, but it was also a serious film. And it was it was nothing of what it wanted to be. Yes. It wasn't the Soderbergh film that you wanted, but it wasn't a ridiculous film about male strippers either. Okay. Right. So Magic Mike 2 Double XL comes along. Yes. And they give you everything that Magic Mike was supposed to be. So it is about male strippers, but it is so funny. It is so well cast. It is very well acted. I love the arc. There are incredible performances, and nobody knows how good it is. And when my husband, like if it's ever on TV, I'm like, I'll be watching Magic Mike Double XL. And my husband thinks that it's like... I'm doing a shimmy and shake like that. It's sort of a sexy and it's not sexy. It doesn't do anything for me. But as someone who just loves a show, it gives you the most incredible show. And there is sort of nothing 
it's it's to me it's like one of my best comfort watches okay. because there's always something i swear to god there is always like a new performance where you're like mm. oh wow that's really funny or it's just it's so channing tatum is a comedic genius that's all right okay and move on to the next we'll move yeah, on to the next one yeah, no, it's the wrong choice it's for directed the room. by uh, gregory jacobs so soderbergh didn't Stay yeah, that was the board. whole thing. Soderbergh was like, this is not right. And they yeah. got the right guy for this job. Yes. And it's yeah. an incredible and is it, film. Is it anything like the full Monty or something like that that people, more people may have seen, which has got a bit of male stripping in it? And not, not the most gorgeous male, but, uh, but no, it's this funny. Is, funny. Right. This is, it's, the, it, it's, it's got more sex appeal, but without being sexy and i know you're thinking that that makes it a worse film but i think it the lines that it walks as a film just endlessly interest me yeah and i can i i watch it every year and it's a glorious moment for me all right well i think apart from anything else you've you've sold this film to this crowd and i haven't sold the film there's not a single person in here who's gonna go watch it but it is one of my yeah great joys in the world. Well, at least anybody found watching it at home by their partner can say, oh, well, I'm only watching it because I, I saw this wonderful comedian recommending it to me in that fantastic podcast that Clive Anderson does. This is what's going to oh, happen. Yeah. Or was it Clive James? I can never remember which. But <laughs> the, uh, the one that's still alive, anyway. The um, uh... You know what? Fuck that. I bet you you can go in there right now. I bet you can go in there and fucking make her day. Who, her? Hell yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that girl looks like she's yep. never fucking smiled in her entire fucking life. Then that's your goal. <laughs> and if you look, if you can't do that, then no one fucking can. And I'll go back and do the fucking old routine. Oh, okay, no. you're not a fireman, Richie. Oh, Richie. You're not, not a big. fireman. Oh, here's well, I'm not a fucking fireman. You hate fire. I'm a fucking male entertainer. Exactly, fire you're a male entertainer. You can fucking do it. Now go do it. Let's go on. While we're in a fighting Scots mood, let's let's go on to your second wonder, which is whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you know these or I'm having to remind you. No, but, no. Uh, yeah. If you'd asked me to tell you what the seven were that I'd, I'd sent you about five days ago, I might have struggled. But yeah. now, whiskey would have been on the list. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's still... And, and I should say right at the outset, I'm not really much of a whiskey drinker. You just like it for of the elegance of the look of it? For yeah. The, the, uh, yeah. I, I quite like the smell of it. Yes. Uh, maybe once a year I'll have a dram. Um, right. Uh, I have... Oh, you're a very careful person. You, I'll, I'll smell it for a year, then maybe take it, take, take a sip, screw it back on again, put the, the cock in and put it away. Come away in. You'll want, you'll want a sniff of, sniff. You want a sniff of my single malt, won't you? Yeah, just a single, yeah. just a single malt. Yeah. Uh, Margaret, get the kids out. We're opening the bottle. <laughs> Back off! What is this? You like the smell of it. But I do, not, I love yeah. the smell of yeah. it. Uh, I'm kind of, I, I am genetically programmed to drink a hell of a lot of it. Yes. Uh, but uh, so far I've managed to resist that. But what I have done, Clive, is I bought a cask of the stuff. Oh, right. I've got, I've got 190 litres of it maturing. All oh, right. So it's going to be party time in six yeah. years' time. Whereabouts is that? Is that in the spare bedroom or is that... <laughs> <laughs> We don't have a spare bedroom. <laughs> you, you must do. You've got grown-up oh, the children. Airbnb, the Airbnb. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, how does this work? You Because uh, if you're doing it, it must be a good idea. I, I trust you for your uh-huh. financial acumen. It's an investment. Yes. So it's yeah. the Isle of Harris distillery. Yes. And uh, as a kind of funding program, you could buy a barrel of whiskey. Yes. And uh, it, the, the distillery is no more than a couple of miles away from where my 
paternal grandfather was born. So, right. Yeah. Uh, my my the Macaulays were uh, from the Western Isles, Harris yeah. and Lewis, predominantly yes. Lewis. Yes. Um, and uh, I went up there and saw the new distillery and decided that I would buy a cask. So yeah. coughed up, uh, and then you get to pour your own 190. Well, I say 190 liters. It, it diminishes, as you might know, when it's in the cask. Yeah. Uh, and then they spray your name on the, the end of the barrel and yeah. it, gets, it gets stored there. Scotch whiskey has to be three years and a day before it's uh, sold as scotch. Yes. Uh, and then I think most of us will wait 10 years before we draw off the first lot of bottles. Yes. Some might do it a wee bit quicker. But so you can do it over the, you know, the yeah. period of your lifetime or those you leave it to. Yeah. Oh, excellent. But so my, my father loved whiskey. My my father loved the dram mm. uh, more than once a year. So we, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm still interested in this investment thing. So you so you you've paid <laughs> you've you've paid over the money to pay for it, and then uh -huh. you do you get the money back only when it's sold ten years, fourteen years, or whatever. Well, the you I, I'll then have to pay for the bottling and the labelling and all that kind yeah. of stuff, and then there's a duty as well that you have to pay. Um, and then you, and it's yours to do whatever you want. You can mm. either, as I, I mean, I wouldn't put it up for sale or anything like that. I would, I would gift it or something like that. All right. So uh, it's not really going to make me a lot of money, but there is the potential to do so. If you wanted to sell yeah. the whole barrel or bottle off the whole barrel and sell it, then you're going to make a bit of money. You can, and you roll out the barrel, uh -huh. and then that's. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm can, trying to see. If there's a, is there some sort of uh -huh. tax dodge in this, or is it? No, uh, no, uh, yeah. not, not at all. No, no. But I'll tell you. Uh, hopefully, what you might find is a funny story. Um, so the casks are all uh, in rows in bond, mm. uh, and part of the distillery tour is you now get to look through all the, the barrels. And as I say, they, they spray your name, yeah. uh, they stencil your name on it. And uh, I think mine was a, a pretty early barrel. Yeah. And it sits beside uh, somebody that's probably a bit better known than me, H.R.H., yeah. uh, the the Prince of Wales. Oh, right. Or the, I think he's known as, what's he? Duke, Duke of Rossi, Duke, Duke yeah. of Rossi yeah. right? And uh, my youngest son and his wife were up, and they did the distillery tour. Mm. And uh, they're standing looking at it, and there was these Americans doing the tour. And my daughter-in-law looked at the label and said, oh, my God, th th that's your father, pointing at the barrel, right? <laughs> <laughs> and these Americans think my son is fifth in line to the throne. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Barrel. Yeah. yeah, excellent. So it's, uh, it's uh, Rothsey and then Macaulay. Macaulay that's yeah. a good name for a, for a whiskey. I, I, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I call it the, the real, heritage or something The real like Macaulay. But yeah, yeah. Uh, just a, yeah. a wee bit about my ancestry. I mentioned that we're from Lewis because, mm. and I maybe told you this uh, before, but um, Donald Trump's mother is from the Isle of Lewis. Her name, uh, his late mother, uh, was Mary McLeod from Stornoway, but his grandmother, her mother, was a Macaulay from the same village uh, yeah. in the west of Lewis as my great-grandfather. Oh, what's, God, I, what, what's I happened I heard, there? I thought I heard bagpipes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where? Hey, I'm not related. I'm not him. <laughs> yeah, no, not a, not a direct relative. Thank All right. Goodness. So, would he wear the Macaulay tartan? Do you think uh, Trump? Oh does? yeah, I could yeah. wear. Because yeah. <laughs> because I think it was a Trump tartan. It's got big checks on the borders. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I did that. Last, I did that in the, in the me, Macbeth, yeah, and I uh, yeah. get a gag. So then on the other side, of the family uh, way back, uh, I had an ancestor called Hadrian Trump. He built a massive wall. Yes, uh, you might have heard of. Uh, <laughs> 
the one country that has given its name unchallengeably to a product that is known and accepted in every corner of the world, scotch, enjoyed by all peoples on all occasions. The pub landlord character, I think you invented it here in Edinburgh. Yes. On the spur of the moment. Or? Yeah, in uh, in 1994. Yes. Which um, is my carbon dating. And, yes. Um, I was doing a show with Harry Hill and we, we were in the Pleasance Cabaret Bar yeah. and had a gap in the show, which I'd failed to fill up to that point. I was supposed to be comparing yes. and hadn't come up with anything that worked. Oh, you weren't waiting for an actual different compare to No, turn no, up. Yeah. no. So we said, yeah. so I said to Harry, well, why don't we say the compare hasn't shown up and the barman's offered to fill in? Yes. And he he said, yeah, do what you want. Because yeah. all my bright ideas so far had worked so well. So had you tried lots of other characters? I tried another slot? couple of things, yeah. yeah. And they just hadn't worked. And I and I, I wrote some ideas down, went on. Yeah. And did it, it initially start out that the, the, the landlord was not really very happy about being on stage and talking to people. That that wore off quite rapidly. Yes. Um, he wasn't very confident and obviously... He is now, but um, and then we did a we did our fringe run, and by the end of it, I had an act. It was the yeah. strangest thing. The second day, I went and cut my hair off, yeah, bought a terrible suit, and we were away. Yeah, well, I've done all that myself, so yeah. that's. Uh... <laughs> well, learn at the knee of the best, Clive. <laughs> so, uh, so did you then? I mean, I, I think I can work out the answers, but do you then think, aha, this is brilliant? Oh, I'll be still doing this 30, no, I, 30, 40 years no, later. I thought, will, I, a career here. will I still be doing this in a fortnight? Was what I was thinking. But, yeah. but I took it to the London cabaret circuit and it and it worked. And it's because it's an attitude, it's a bottomless pit. You know, yeah. you just feed a subject in and sort of turn the yes. handle. So, so there have been lots of events in recent years. For, yeah, well, for, too. <laughs> I, mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's such a target-rich environment yeah. at the moment. For, for if you're, yeah. w- w- I mean, where, where do you even begin at the moment? There's so much, there's so much happening. Yeah. And there's so much sort of in conflict with itself as well. It's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's a brilliant time to be writing about the world. So does it, would the pub landlord have a view on the, you know, who, which conservative leader should become the actual leader? <laughs> well, he thinks he should be the conservative yeah. leader. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he actually, he had a grudging ad- admiration for Boris. Johnson, because he, w- I mean, wouldn't it be brilliant to be able to lie like that? Wouldn't it just yeah. be the greatest yeah. superpower to yes. look someone in the eye and yeah. say, I'm, I'm the, or even look your wife in the eye and say, the reason I had sex with your best friend was it was the best thing for me to do at the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yes. Wow, incredible. Well, but actually, it would have been preceded, no, I did not have sex well, with her. Well, oh, uh, yes, no, that is me in the photograph. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, accidentally, <laughs> a part of my body may have. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. I think, it, I mean, he's sort of, I mean, the thing is, uh, he, he, lots of people say about him that he's tremendous fun and he's a great laugh. And yeah. once you've met him, um, you'll you'll be you'll be bound by the spell. But the time I met him, I just thought he was a colossal arsehole. So, yeah. <laughs> what can you do? Well, you see him pictures on his holiday in Greece. He's having at the moment. He looks yeah. as though he's having a good time. And he's, uh... Yeah, but it also looks it's a bit odd, isn't it? Because he's got those young people with him. There's no yeah. one his age, and I, no. I worry about him. You need to hang around with people of your own vintage, Clive. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> No, Job done. <laughs> uh, let's start with your first wonder, if we may, which is the Channel Tunnel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So a little bit of where I'm sure the pub landlord wouldn't necessarily think of. Well, he used channel. to. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, my father was a was a was a railwayman, and so. Um, uh, we travelled everywhere by train. He, we had yeah. these tickets that meant we could travel everywhere, everywhere by train. Yes. And also, if a thing like the t- Channel Tunnel was getting built, we'd know about it. And yeah. um, and uh, yeah, the pub landlord's view that was that the slow bit of because it used to be when you came into England on the yeah. on the on the shuttle or whatever it was. 
yeah. well, the, the, the train had to slow down because we hadn't built the track yet. Yes. And the gag, because <laughs> we hadn't just then got round to it. Yeah. Whereas in France, it's a sort of straight line to Paris. Yeah. Uh, but, but, um, and the gag I used to have was that the driver was English and he was, he was just trying to get in and out of France as quickly as he possibly could because <laughs> he was only yeah. human yeah. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and enjoying the English bit of the ride. But, yes. I mean, I, I think it's the most... It's the most astonishing thing. You you and you 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 get in the train, it goes under the ground, and yeah. then you're under yeah. the ocean, and then you're. It's amazing, but also like lots of things in life that are really astonishing. About two minutes in, you forget. Yes. You go. All yeah. right, we're in a tunnel now. Yeah. Whatever. And it was fantastic. They managed to you know the two points met, and we thought, well, how's yeah. that going to work? And yeah, I, I I have a nostalgia moment, a sort of comedy moment because I I had a chat show on the telly at the time. We used yes. to do quite a lot of bits in between sketches and and props, and the sort of guys used to make fantastic props. And this one just had to work to get the laugh from the studio audience. So we had a super duper train coming from France going into the tunnel, yep. and it went into the model tunnel, and then out <laughs> came a sort of old steam train. Oh, brilliant! And, uh, brilliant. and, so and it's like three, yeah. three seconds of television. Fantastic! <laughs> Somebody working. Modeling, train modeling for oh, us, and, us. And, if it, and if it had gone wrong in the middle, we'd oh, that's so work. We'll have to <laughs> throw that Fantastic. away. Fantastic, yes. I mean, but oddly enough, now just to stick up for for Britain, oddly enough, it's kind of positions reversed now because if you start in London, yeah. you go to St Pancras, which is a yeah. fantastic station. Yeah, now, yeah, beautifully rebuilt. Yeah, you go on the train, you get to Paris, and it's Paris Gare du Nord is still a bit of a rather it's sweaty a bit, old station. It's a it? bit scruffy. I mean, the yeah. old King's Cross, you'd get off, and there'd be that KFC opposite the station, yeah. and you. And you'd think, right, I'm in London now. Yes, I'm yeah, back. Yeah. Whereas now, yeah. you know, it's such a shiny station. I just, but but the other thing about the Channel Tunnel, of course, is if you, it, it, like all good journeys in life, there is a wrong turning, and that's the one that goes to Brussels. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you, you, you stood at King's Cross, yeah. you think I could go to Brussels, I could go to Paris. Yeah. And you, the idea that you would go to Brussels. Yeah. You're going back into your pub landlord character. Well, a little bit. Yeah. Is, is, a that little a, bit. is it a very liberating thing to have a character perform? And I've obviously asked this sort of question to, to Dame Edna or yeah. you know, Barry Humphreys, yeah. even Steve Coogan, yeah. with his Alan Partridge things, and all these other characters. Yeah. You can say stuff that, well, you know, say you necessarily agree with, but you you'd like to say out well loud. yeah or or you yeah or you kind of want to hear out loud yes. um yeah and and also you could be you can be reactive in an, in a way you never you never ever would cuz i tend to agree with the last person i spoke to oh, right. whereas the pub <laughs> pub landlord yeah. you know agrees agrees only with himself and he I, only I, listens to himself yeah, yes, and I, yeah yeah and i kind of admire that kind of yeah. confidence in people so it's quite good to it's a fun thing to play with and as you say yeah. you're not yourself you, there's a gap between you and it and also yeah. the audience the audience have that thing where they, they know where they stand with the character. Whereas if I was myself, I, wouldn't, I literally wouldn't know where to start. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. All right. Yeah, I would, if, I, if I was me mm. doing an hour stand, I literally wouldn't know what to begin with. Yeah. It would probably be, it's all right, I'm not going to be nasty to you at the front. Okay. And then, and then probably be rude. Be nasty, yeah. Exactly. Okay.
My Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson is a Stack production in association with Alaska TV and powered by the Acast Creator Network.